Let us begin in the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Well, welcome to another edition of Seeds of Truth. This is your host, Joel Craft, coming to you from KKXX Studios, Chico Life Radio, 104.5 FM and AM 930. It is good to be with you another evening, another Thursday night, reflecting into the richness of our faith. It is Thursday, so we are talking the stuff of apologetics, and as I do on Thursday, I have Rob Sheridan with me, prisoner of uh, St. John the Baptist Catholic Church. Rob, it is good to have you with me another evening. Great to be back as always, Joe. Tonight... Is a fun night, Rob. We have the opportunity to talk about saints. So we're going to talk some biblical pieces, but I, I wanted to, to really get into uh, some of the saints themselves tonight, to really talk about who some of these folks are. Um, now, I know this is a hot-button topic for some of our listeners. You know, people have a lot of questions, well, where are the saints in the Bible? And we are going to talk about that. I, I know there are a lot of non-Catholics and, and people who have, who have approached me, even recently, who say to me, hey, Joe, you know, I, I, I've been in St. John's, and I see that statue of St. Therese of Lisieux. I see that statue of St. Anthony of Padua. I see that statue of St. John the Baptist. What gives? Worse yet, Joe, uh, I see people kneeling before these statues. And you want to know what, Rob? From the outside looking in, that does look a little fishy. <laughs> you know, idolatry comes to mind. But it's not that at all. It's we honor those who have gone before us and who have shown us what it means to be heroes of virtue. And simply, we are praying to them as intercessors. 1 Corinthians 3.9 says we are co-workers in the building up of the kingdom of God. Rob, we go to one another when we um, are in need of prayers. We say to our friends, hey, John, Jeff, I'm going through something right now. Can, can you pray for me? And, and we wouldn't think twice about that, Rob. We wouldn't think twice. Uh, and yet, when you think about it, this is what some have issue with. Uh, certainly, the image of going before a, stat- a statue revs some people up, and I understand that. But what we're talking about here is intercessory prayers. We are going to those who are cheering us on. You know, Hebrews 12, verses 1 and 2, we have a great cloud of witnesses. It's it's like this image of a crowded stadium cheering us on, Rob. You can do it. Run the race. Persevere. You know, this is what's going on. And literally, this is what uh, Paul's letter to the Hebrews talks about. This is is, uh, Hebrews 12, verse 1. Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely— And let us run with perseverance the race that is set before us, looking to Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. What's going on there, Rob? The saints are cheering us on. Overcome that trial. Overcome the suffering. What awaits you? Oh, the glory that awaits you. Why not turn to them? Why not get them praying for you? going before the throne room of God. Oh, ab- absolutely. I, and when we, when we think about it, when we go to, to someone for prayer, who do, who do we go to? Who do we choose? 
do you do you choose your friend who's a little on the Charlie Sheen side of life? <laughs> um, you know, winning? No, no. You you go to that person that you see holiness in, that you see Jesus in. Man, when we talk about the saints, I I, I think it was best best put uh, in this little story about a little kid who's in church with his with his class, and a teacher asks who the saints are, and the little kid says, "Well, they're the people that the light shines through." And he's pointing up to the stained glass windows of the saints and the light is mm. shining through. They've become transparent for Christ. So those people on earth that we see as transparent for Christ, we go to them for prayer. We recognize that holiness. If, if we are struggling with something on, on earth, if you're a basketball player and you struggle with a free throw, who are you going to model yourself after? Are you going to look more towards... Michael Jordan, or are you going to look at Shaq? Shaq can't, Shaq can't shoot a free throw. <laughs> yeah. So let's look at my, Michael Jordan. If I'm struggling with a sin, I'm going to look to that person who's persevered with it. Yeah. Who, who am I going to look to? Am I going to look to Charlie Sheen? No. If I'm struggling with sexual sin, I might look to St. Augustine, who was a sexual deviant before he turned, had this amazing conversion through the intercessory prayer of his mother, who was living on earth, St. Monica, he overcame that. I'm going to look to him. How did he mm-hmm. do it? Mm-hmm. And man, when we look at those saints, we can say, what would Jesus do? Oh, let's look at St. Augustine. Let's look at St. Maria. Well, and you were talking about before we went on air here, Rob, you know, we asked the question, what would Jesus do? Well, the saints are those examples par excellence of what Jesus would do in very specific and concrete situations. You know, the church is the family of God, and the saints are our elder siblings who show us what it means to do this the right way or that the right way, and to go about it with a deeper sense of holiness and purpose and meaning. The saint is the person that gets up the second time, the third time, and the fourth time. And Christ on the cross, that is their singular laser-like focus. And there's nothing that gets in the way of that. And so, yeah, we have a great litany of saints who offer for us examples that are specific. And this is what I love about the saints, Rob, that are very specific to the various trades, the various professions, the various walks of life. You know, if you're a lawyer, my father was a lawyer. Uh, He passed away in 1991. And, uh, you know, who would he pray uh, to? He'd pray to St. Thomas More, patron saint of lawyers. And you want to know what? My dad is a pretty darn good lawyer. And there was a reason why. He would, he would go to a man who showed him what it means to be the best version of a saintly lawyer. It's interesting, Rob, one of my fondest memories of uh, traveling with my father, it happened just before he died, he was talking about St. Thomas More. We were actually going to his office to uh, clean out his office. It was just a few months before he passed away. And he was talking about his, his journey of faith. And, and one of the clearest things that I can remember from that conversation was his reflection on St. Thomas More and how he was turning to him, especially in his practice when he was dealing with, with some difficult circumstances. Uh, St. Thomas More was that figure for him. And it was kind of my introduction really into the saints, even as we're talking about it now, I'm really made to reflect that yeah, this really was one of my first introductions into um, the importance of, of these saints. Um, and so every walk of life, 
has that saint. You're talking about sports, Saint Sebastian, a saint that we can turn to for any um, of us that out there who uh, like to take up sport or like to t- take up any kind of game. Maybe it's it's archery, right? Go turn to Saint Sebastian. This is, you know, God just with some of the saints, he's just showing off almost, you know, it's like, <laughs> that's just too cool. You know, if you go and you look at the litany of saints, you look at them and say, wow, well, there's really a saint for this. You know, there, there's really a saint for basket weaving, but that is God's way of caring for every need because he knows us. He understands us, Robin. So if there's something that we're struggling with, as you were mentioning earlier, that is particular to your trade, you talk about, you know, free throw shooting, but in its spiritual context, yeah, I mean, we are to lift everything that we are to God. And we do with we do so with someone interceding on our behalf. Earlier we were talking about the letter to the Hebrews and being surrounded by the cloud of witnesses. There's also some beautiful verses that come to us from the book of Revelation, Rob. And I'm thinking now of Revelation 6, verses 9 to 11. Uh, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell upon the earth? Then they were each given a white robe and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brethren should be complete, who were to be killed as they themselves had been. You know, we have these martyrs. Uh, it's such a beautiful passage. You go down to chapter 7, uh, verses 14 and following. Who have come out of the great tribulation, they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb before the throne of God and serve Him day and night within His temple. So here you have this, this picture of these martyrs. I, I love that. Washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. Isn't that a paradox? But what a beautiful paradox that the blood of Christ, and what is blood? Blood is the life source. The the blood of Christ makes our robes white. What is that? The blood of Christ that is pure makes us pure. And of course, in that verse, you have this this intercessory prayer. A few verses later, we, we read, And another angel came and stood at the altar with a golden censer, and he was given much incense to mingle with the prayers of all the saints upon the golden altar before the throne. And the smoke of the incense rose with the prayers of the saints from the hand of the angel before God. Oh, what rich, rich prayer. There you have the saints, the martyrs, the virgins, the confessors in the heavenly Jerusalem interceding on our behalf, a cloud of witnesses surrounding us, cheering us on. This is what it's all about, Rob. All that being said, I get the question, Rob, uh, a lot. Well, this is all fine, Joe, but what about that passage for there is one God and there is one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. I want to speak to this a little bit. When we interpret sacred scripture, we always, always, Rob, have to be mindful of the context. We have a tendency to isolate a verse out of its context. We just take the one verse and we, we interpret it out from its preceding verses and proceeding verses. What is the whole teaching? Well, let us look at 1 Timothy 2, 5 and its whole context. First of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgivings be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life, godly and respectable in every way. 
This is good, and it is acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. For there is one God, and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as ransom for all. Now, what kind of conclusions can we draw from that? Rob, are we to conclude that uh, the saints don't intercede on our behalf? Actually, if you look at it closely, what is St. Paul saying there in in this uh, pastoral epistle? He's encouraging, urging Christians to intercede for one another. He's urging them to act as mediators on behalf of specific groups of people, civic leaders, for example. This is what we were just talking about. Simply, these are men and women who are interceding for very specific things. He's emphasizing that such mediation is acceptable in the sight of God. So there's no problem with this. Intercessory prayer is not only approved. In this passage, it's guaranteed to make a difference. Certainly, Christ is indeed the one mediator. What's important here, Rob, is that the saints share in this mediation because they share his life. When we talk about saints, even in its biblical context, because we have the word saints, we speak to them as holy ones. You say, hey, are you going to go to Charlie Sheen? No, you wouldn't think to go to Charlie Sheen. We're to pray for Charlie Sheen. I think that's really important to kind of footnote in all of this. When we talk about the Madonnas and the Miley Cyruses and the Charlie Sheens, these, these actors, actresses, musicians that are constantly getting in trouble, these are human beings and we need to pray for them. Now, would we turn to them for our prayers? trusting that they're going to pray for us, that probably we wouldn't be the prudent move as you spoke to it, Rob. And just, we really wouldn't. Ultimately, what we are to appreciate is that the saints are the holy ones when they were here on earth. They were in Christ. That was a favorite, uh, favorite word of St. Paul, in Christ, new creation. We have that uh, passage that I opened up with, 1 Corinthians 3, 9. We are co-workers. Uh, the saints are co-workers in the building up of the kingdom of God in the heavenly Jerusalem. I'd read uh, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1. All of chapter 11, and that's one of my favorite chapters, is this kind of hymn to the saints of salvation history, one after the other. Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Jacob, Joseph and Moses, David and Samuel, and so many others. And what's going on here? They are co-workers. And this is what's so important for our discussion, Rob. So when we honor the saints, uh, we honor those whom he honors. Uh, We bless those whom he blesses. Uh, We were talking before, Rob, before the radio program, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord. Uh, God is a God of the living. And so uh, we turn to these saints and we are mindful that when we do so, we can have that confident assurance that they are going to be interceding on our behalf. Well, yeah, just just because their work here on earth has ended doesn't mean they don't stop working up in heaven. Uh, we're, we're told in Scripture that neither life nor death will separate us from the body of Christ. These, these, these saints, they have been baptized into the body of Christ. They are still a part of the body of Christ, even though they are in heaven. Let's, let's turn to the other members of the body of Christ and ask for that help. Yeah. Why not? Yeah, amen. And we have, Rob, thousands and thousands of saints. We had uh, went on there last night talking about the canonization of 
Blessed John Paul II in, in a week and a half. Also, the canonization of John the Twenty Third, who who gave us the Second Vatican Council, a very important event in the history of the Church. We have these men and women of faith who were not from just <laughs> from two thousand years ago, fifteen hundred years ago, a thousand years ago, five hundred years ago, but men and women who have lived during our same time period. I mean, that blows me away. You know, many of our listeners uh, know well, certainly, Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, if they haven't met Blessed Teresa of Calcutta. How powerful is that? Both you and I have been in the presence of the man who's going to be canonized in a week and a half. And so as we're talking about this, I thought, yeah, it would be fair game to talk a little bit about our very real encounter with a saint, not in speculatory terms. <laughs> no, this is, this is in concrete terms. This is a man who we were in the presence of. And I think this ought to bring home for our listeners the importance of what we're talking about. Because as we speak to saints as holy ones, as those set apart, remember, holiness is, is a word that means set apart. I love that image you had earlier, the light shining through them. That was what Blessed John Paul II was about when he was here on earth. I have heard so many stories about uh, people being in the presence of this man, all of them talked about his holiness, the light that just came from him. You know, you just, you were in his presence and you felt that light. You were in his presence and you felt that holiness. I had, I've been in his presence twice and uh, maybe on both occasions, say 10 yards away, and on both occasions deeply moved. I was quite a bit younger, but deeply moved. I did not make it out to World Youth Day. Uh, but I do remember someone who was with us and he speaks of the story uh, quite often of how John Paul II, when he was walking by him, it is almost as if he stopped, looked into his eyes, and just read his soul. <laughs> you know, and he it changed his life. It changed his life. He was a nominal Catholic. He was kind of in and out of the faith, and uh, since that encounter, he he became a very devout Christian, a very devout Catholic. We've been talking a lot about the new evangelization. You and I have talked about it, Rob, this culture of encounter, as Pope Francis likes to talk about it. This is what the saints are about, a deeper encounter, a deeper encounter, a more enriched encounter, an encounter that is made more real because, as we spoke to it earlier, these are the folks who we now call saints who show us what would Jesus do in very specific, concrete, practical moments in our lives. And so with uh, Blessed John Paul II, when he was here on earth, he, he was one of those examples. Boy, I, I tell you, Joe, <clears throat> World Youth Day, he, he just passed by. We were at the barricade, and he was, he, he was about maybe five or six yards in the, in the Pope Mobile, and he just passed by. I have never lost my mind for anything, but yeah. when he passed by, I was like a teenage girl at a Beatles con <laughs> concert in the 1960s. I tell you, the and again, it's it's this holiness that just shot out from him in waves, and boy, you just you felt it. I've I've known some very very holy people in my life from St. John's. Who, who have passed on that I would lay money down that they are they are saints if not yeah. canonized they are up in heaven and they have that holiness that is attractive 
multiply it by a million, and that was what I felt with John Paul too. Yeah. Holy cow. Yeah, and I still remember the the images there as he was coming down, as as cameras were kind of scanning uh, Mile High Stadium, as it was called then, and all of these teens in tears. You talk about a a young girl at a Beatles concert. You know, they're screaming, they're crying. They have no idea why. Something similar, but something so much more real, something so much more tangible, because why... Every Holy Father carries with him a dynamic grace, the grace that belongs proper to the office of being Pope. Uh, This is why so many people are moved so often when they encounter uh, the Pope, if it be Blessed John Paul II, as we're talking now, Pope Benin XVI. Uh, It's funny, he doesn't get a lot of airtime when it comes to this, but I was in England for three years, Rob, and the second year I was in England, the people that I was in the presence of, they had a lot of negative things to say about Pope Benedict XVI. The next year, after they had been in his presence because he had gone to England between uh, those 12 months, they had nothing but positive things to say. The grace, the Holy Spirit, of course, Pope Francis. Does anyone have any negative things to say about him, right? No. It's the grace, but also the presence of holiness with these men. That's what was going on there in that stadium that day as everyone was in tears. You know, you talk about holiness and this, like, all these sparks shooting forth. I love the the quote that comes to us from Donald DeMargo. He's a professor at Boston College. He says, holiness is like a lighthouse. It does not send off flares or shoot off cannons. It just shines in the darkness. I love that. I love that because that's what it does. Um, th- th- there's no false self to protect. The... the, the the saint, the one who is holy, you know, they are who they are, and they see themselves that way because they are children of God. And, and it, it's something else to be in the presence of a saint, and certainly as we talk about it. Now, I, I uh, was in Tijuana for a summer, and I stayed with the Missionaries of Charity Sisters. Mother Teresa, now Blessed Teresa of Calcutta, had just passed away. But all of the, all of the uh, sisters were carrying on about their encounters with a soon-to-be saint. And uh, I was deeply ch- touched just by being in their presence talking about a saint. You know, there are other, you talk about St. John's, there are other people that I've been in the presence of who I'm convinced, I'm convinced are, are living saints. Um, there's a, a man who uh, turned around, one Franciscan University of Steubenville, who I'm convinced... If he's not a saint, he will have a very, very long thank you line <laughs> up there in heaven. But anyhow, Rob, as we talk about the saints, I think what's important is that we speak to this in a very real way. And I think we've done that, that we can be able to say, you want to know, these are people who saw their weaknesses for what they were, and they turned to God. And they did it in a heroic way. Make no mistake about it. These were men and women who walked here on earth that had that laser-like focus. There were no side glances. There was just a singular focus. Today, we, we kind of glance off to the side. A lot of things were distracted, Rob. If, if you think you are in the presence of a saint, all you have to do is to, is to see how focused are they on the kingdom of God. Is it their singular focus? Not that they don't appreciate the richness of, of culture and music and art and drama and all the rest, that's part of what makes a saint, but that it all moves towards Christ. That's what it's about. Well, yeah, and and Joe, I've had the opportunity um, 
in in my art career to draw many many saints and it, it's been a pleasure to to look up their lives and, and to read about them and investigate investigate them and that is one thing that they shared is they once they had that conversion moment it's that laser-like focus that continuous moving towards Christ did they stumble yes but they got up and they kept going and they kept moving um, and it's 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 that humanity in them that is also attractive because they show us Christ in the divine and we can we can see their humanity we can touch them yeah we can say Saint Francis great story walking in Assisi happens to glance up sees a woman changing and uh, it's the <laughs> devil trying to tempt him in the flesh. And so what does St. Francis do? He throws himself into the thorn bushes. A little extreme, yes, but it but it works. And what does God do? God blesses his faithfulness, his, yeah. his chastity, his custody of the eyes. And he has those thorns drop off the rose bushes. And that yeah. rose bush is still in the oh, yes, And it has yes. no it has no thorns on yes. it. Yes. I mean... The, it's a great story. These, the, that, that laser-like focus, I'm not going to let that distraction tempt me i'm gonna stay focused on my mission i think we do the saints a huge disservice when we portray them to be someone aloof from the material world the human world the pictures of saints that do it right are those pictures that speak to their humanity the stories of the saints that do it right are those stories that speak to their failures. Uh, sometimes I, I read stories of saints and it's as if they've never sinned. You know, it's like, what is this? This isn't my kind of saint. This isn't a saint I can identify with. And nor is this a saint that belongs to God because it's in understanding their weakness. It's un- in understanding that they need God because of their weakness that they became a saint. You know, so really, I, I think as you talk about you know, your own work, Rob, and what you do with the saints. I know you do a good job of it because uh, in your art, you're very clear in uh, why a saint became a saint. Um, but I, I, I make that point because I think there's a tendency to lose sight of, of what a saint is all about. Taking their humanity and giving it to God in a way that allows us to be the best version of who God is calling us to be. And that always, Rob, is becoming a saint here on earth. That's what it's about. The only tragedy here on earth is if we fail to become a saint. Let us close in prayer. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. All glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now and ever shall be world without end. Amen and God bless you. You've been listening to Seeds of Truth, heard every evening from 6.30 to 7 p.m. right here on KKXX. If you have questions or feedback, you may email Joe 
at j-h-o-l-l-j-m-j at yahoo.com. For a copy of today's program, visit joeholcraft.org or call KKXX during regular business hours at 894-7325. Thanks for listening to the Seeds of Truth on KKXX.